0: designs he was just on fire this weekend and not in the usual way like in a... <laughs> not his power unit this time he he was crushing it out there
1: what's up everybody welcome back to the formula america podcast we're your host Curtin and dylan and we're here to try to break down and talk about this wild austrian gp weekend that we just got over and in my opinion This is probably one of the best uh, full-out weekends that we've had yet. Like, start to finish, I think every session, nothing disappointed this weekend.
0: Oh, I completely agree. And that's part of the hard thing about this layout is it's like, man, it was so much fun because so much stuff was constantly happening, but it's also, like, completely overwhelming (laughs) on all of the things that happened, and now you and I are going to try and break it down. And... (laughs) Yeah, uh, like I don't even know where to start. We almost needed it's, to do an episode a day. Right? Yeah,
1: it's it's definitely a lot. And I think, you know, as far as this new sprint format goes, we didn't, or I didn't like the first one. This one was it was just so good that I liked it. But I think it was it's going to be very dependent on the track and the weekend. Because honestly, if the, if none of the rain happened on Saturday and everything was just the status quo, it probably would have fell flat. But it was so good because the track was constantly changing and evolving. It was wet but drying, and then it got wet again, and it was awesome, man. I I really loved this weekend.
0: I still stand by. I don't think I'm a big fan of this layout, but for this weekend, all the stars aligned. It It delivered. It delivered. It delivered, for sure. The problem is now they're going to want to do more of these, and I don't want that.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Man, all right, so now we got to start uh, all the way back on Friday. With everything that happened, we got to get back to Friday because that's where all of this started. And I think Friday was a good kind of like dip your toe in the pool. Like it started off kind of slow and regular right before all the madness of Saturday and then Sunday happened. Um, But yeah, what we have one practice session. Your only chance, only opportunity. To figure out your car, one especially shot. if you're one shot, B Rabbit. Especially if you're, <laughs> if you're Logan Sargent or, or Lando Norris, who has a completely upgraded car, and Logan didn't which, even get much
0: running. Which we're going to talk about that McLaren upgraded car. Oh, yes, sir. Yes, we will. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All, you know, we had a Mercedes and an Aston upgraded, Ferrari with a bunch of upgrades to this race, and McLaren, like just good God. And then we come out of the gates and Botas spins it off in T one <laughs> turn one, just boom, red flag <laughs> alpha tower or alpha Romeos red flag in the race out of the gate. And then getting back to the pits, which yeah. apparently there's talks now about if you red flag a race, it doesn't matter if you get back to the pits or not. You done. Ooh, which yeah. after this with alpha Romeo, Both Alfa Romeos, like I don't really, uh, you know, yeah, you red flagged the race, man. Like, yeah, you
1: you sit on the sidelines, yeah, (laughs) go watch, go watch from the pit wall,
0: yeah. Um, but then, dude, Q1 was insane. I made just a couple of notes. I, I, my first note was, Holy crap, is McLaren fast, yeah, like, what's going on here.
1: Yeah, it's, it's like, I, I don't want to get too excited just yet because it is only Q1, but he was looking, Lando was looking pretty good, and Lando was the only one with the upgrades.
0: Yep, and he um, was stacking so he, it up there. He definitely um, was. At the end of Q1, you know, and it's a pretty, you know, there was fun things, times were changing, nothing overly crazy. You know, the first people to go out in Q1 were Sonoda, Joe, Sergeant, Magnuson, and DeVries. Nothing crazy. But then I saw something that not even the commentators said. From first place to 20th place was separated by 0.94 of a second. Wow. All 20 cars were within one second of each other.
1: That's awesome. That's crazy.
0: So, and I mean, that kind of blows my mind just breaking that down a little bit. You know, the difference between making up a tenth of a second over two and a half miles is is driver, not car. So how do we still have the status quo of the bottom five going out? Like, you know, uh, Logan Sargent's time was the exact same time as Botas's, but Botas said it first, like that, that is what we're dealing with here is less than a second between the entire field.
1: Yeah. That's crazy. That, uh, a, a phenomenal car, Red Bull, and then a complete pile of dog crap, like a Haas or something, or not in Quali, but, you know, like an Alpha Tower or something, is separated by less than a second.
0: Over two and like, a half miles. That's wild. So, yeah. Um, Q2, we start the track limits shenanigans.
1: Dude, and they, that started hitting quick and, and quick, fast, and in a hurry. It was like track limit, track limit, track limit. You couldn't see who was anywhere. Because the time was good. You had to wait and see after they crossed the finish line. It's like, all right, give it about 20 seconds and see if they stay there or not.
0: Yeah, it was a little silly there. And we're going to get into, I took down a bunch of stats on the track limit stuff, but I'm just going to throw this one stat out for now. Track limits. You know how many cases were reviewed this weekend?
1: Uh, I, I don't even know. I'm sure it was a lot. 1,200
0: cases Jeez. of track limits. 1,200. Jeez. Someone did a breakdown, and it was like that—that's sixty cases per car. (laughs) It's an insane amount. Wild. And they got Checo in Q two because he didn't even get a time set. Three hot laps, none of them counted. Fifteenth place.
1: You're watching, you're like, Checo, all you got to do, you're in the fastest car. Just keep it clean for one lap. Don't go for first place. All you need to do is get out of this. Like, just get out of the bottom, or just get out into Q1, or Q3, I'm sorry. And no, like, he put that time that was blisteringly fast, but then it got deleted right at the end. So, Um, not looking good for Mr. Checo. That's four races in a row with no Q3.
0: And that didn't look good for Checo at all, and that's exactly what I was thinking. I was like, "Up, oh, we have another weekend where Checo doesn't have his mojo." Like, and that people started making stats on Instagram of Alex Albon's record at Red Bull and Checo's record, and they're lining up pretty closely right now. Um, but I was sitting there and I was like, "Man, I don't know if you can count this one. Like, it's on Checo, but as more and more track limit incidents happened." I think it probably saved him. I think that there's going to be an asterisk next to this weekend. It didn't, it
1: didn't happen. He didn't miss out on pace. He missed out. Like he had the pace clearly. Yeah. He's just missed out like Logan Sargent did on the technicality.
0: And um, David Coulthard made an interesting comment um, about, so everyone was getting pulled, called out on turn 10, um, the entrance and exit of turn 10. And he said, turn four is a very, very similar issue similar setup as turn 10, but turn four right after the uh, rumble strip is gravel. And he's like, and so that stopped there from being any incidents at turn four, because there's a physical barrier that tells you do not go over this. He's like, the problem is at turn 10, there's none of that. And you give a a Grand Prix driver a inch, they're going to take it a mile. And that was murdering them. He was like, if this weekend is going to be this bad from here on out, we need to look at putting a physical impediment, Outside of turn ten, and it'll stop that. And I was like, "That's a really interesting point. Like, that's a very yeah. simple solution to next year's Austrian Grand Prix to not have this kind of silliness." Because this yeah. this silliness took away from the weekend and took away I points know, from people. I, I did
1: read uh, one of the the news or one of the reports saying that it was alluding to that they they had an issue with doing that because a lot of MotoGP runs at that course, and I guess with mm-hmm. their regulations something about it stopped or prevented that. But I mean, what's to stop them from, you know, throwing a wall, doing something exactly a temporary wall, you know, you could remove it, but yeah, I, I definitely, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Or just do like, what was it? Like NASCAR when they're on street tracks or IndyCar, car. And it's like, Hey, there are no track limits. Like if yeah. there's
0: pavement, use it, you know? Yeah. I mean, that would be cause it, it If every if there's twelve hundred cases of this, 60 cases per car, everyone's breaking the rule. It's a fair playing field. Then if it's if it's
1: taking you two plus hours to go through everything and and figure it out to the point where you're changing the race results hours after the race, that's a problem.
0: Four and a half hours after the race.
1: Yeah, that's that's an issue. Like lighten the work on yourself at that point and just say, hey, you know what? This turn, there's no limits. Do what you want to do.
0: Yeah, good but luck. That's
1: later on. All right. <laughs> Still okay, on so, Friday.
0: So, sorry. Q, this is going to be a long podcast. Stick with us, folks. <laughs> It'll be entertaining. Q2, lots of track limits. Perez gets called out. Doesn't even get a time on the board. We have Russell, Ocon, Piastri, Botas, and Perez go out. Um, and then we go into Q3. And Albon is split, setting some blistering times in Q3. So, nothing kind of crazy in Q3 that I really reman really have to comment about just kind of how everyone shook out at the end. Uh, for, you know, Mr. Saturday on Nico.
1: And yep. For me, the, the
0: big, uh,
1: takeaway from this one, especially Q3 was that last lap for Charlotte Claire. Yeah. Cause he was giving it everything. That was one of those laps where it was like feast or famine. Like he was either going to spin that thing out or put it into a wall or whatever, or he was going to do what he did and hold it together and get that time. But you saw, Right at the end, the last couple turns, all the sparks coming off of that car from, you know, as, as much as it was hitting the ground going around that turn. And to see him put in that time, that was like, you know, good on Charles Leclerc.
0: And he was only four hundredths of a
1: second behind Max. Yeah, that was awesome. That was For great. me, that was like, that was the highlight of Q3 was right, that right there. That and of course, you know, Lando P4.
0: Lando so, P4, Mr. <laughs> Saturday, Nico Hulkenberg, P7, P8, I have it right here, P8. Um, but yeah, when Charles Leclerc was coming around those corners, I was like, he may actually take pole here.
1: Yeah. It looked like it,
0: it was there four hundredths of a second. So we set the grid for the grand Prix. We have max on pole Leclerc and then signs, All right? So both Ferraris, Lando Lewis, Lance stroll out, uh, qualified Fernando Alonso for the second time this year, Nico Hulkenberg, Pierre Gasly and Alex Albon P10. Pretty entertaining. It was great. So now we move on to Saturday.
1: And Saturday, we start out with the sprint shootout, which (laughs) four o'clock in the morning. (laughs) For me, I, you know, watching Friday, I was like, all right, this is, this is cool. Probably going to be a pretty standard weekend. Then I turn on the TV and I see the track is wet. And I was like, yes, here we go. Not only wet, but it was wet, but drying. So now you, you know, that you're going to get, exactly. Cause now you're going to have to go with the strategy. What do you start on? When do you switch over? You know, what's the, what's going on there. And then, you know, it was, it was, it was awesome to see. Um. So SQ1 immediately right out the gate, you start seeing lap times get deleted. So again, people can't hold it together on there. And then we got Lewis Hamilton going out of uh, SQ1 with a lap time deleted. With George Russell, George was yeah.
0: P15. Lewis was
1: P18. This is not looking good for the Mercedes boys, and we had such high hopes for them this week
0: too. Yeah, we did had
1: their upgrades. This is going to be a more of a high speed course, um, and you know we'll get into it in the race. But it didn't look like that was a very strong package this weekend. No, and it didn't. They might have some issues going into next.
0: And weekend. neither one of them seemed comfortable. Neither one of them yeah. seemed to be able to come to grips with the car like they did all right in the dry in Quali GP Quali. But for, as soon as it started getting wet and the, like, the pressure started getting put on, neither one of them seemed all that happy.
1: Yeah, and you could see it in the post-race and in post-quality interviews, especially from Lewis Hamilton. Yeah. On the radio during the, the actual race, they he for sure was not happy. I think George Russell did a better job of holding it together. Lewis was just very vocal about it this weekend.
0: He was. He even posted on Instagram. He said something to the effect of, like, some days I'm so proud of the things that I do in this car, and other days it's just the most frustrating can't pull it together. Jeez, and I'm like, man, you must have had a really rough weekend. No, <laughs> like, like, what
1: what else is going had, on?
0: You had pretty good results in the race too. Maybe like, maybe uh,
1: Shakira uh, <laughs> shot him down or something. <laughs> He's thinking about them hips. Oh, uh, they don't lie. Uh, <laughs> but for me on SQ1 on Saturday, the big hero was Carlos Sainz. This guy when he when he goes into the pits. For What was it? I think he had a, B, a break by wire issue. So he had an issue with the brakes. He's in the pits. Commentator's are like, yeah, he's out. He's not going to make it back. You still see the Ferrari mechanics rushing around the car. And then next thing you know, you see him coming out of the pits with barely any time left. He had like, the
0: time for one hot lap on a drying yet wet track that he had no time around on saturday
1: yep and also his battery wasn't fully charged so he didn't have the full implementation of the the electric hybrid system this guy comes out and sets the p1 he set the fastest lap on basically his only flying lap that he had for that session and his only opportunity and he comes out and sets p1 and i wrote down on here 106.1 he
0: He set p1 yeah he's
1: the fastest on a changing track, he was the hero of the session. I think probably the first time I've ever said that, he was my hero that day. <laughs> good for him. And then we've got Checo P14.
0: Yeah, again, a continuation of uh, not looking good for you this weekend, Checo. <laughs> um, and I saw more of that stuff. like His comparison to like points and positions and everything to Alex Albon when he was in the Red Bull is scary similar. You know, um,
1: it, it, I wonder. I'd have. I want to look at that too because Checo has race wins, which is one thing Alex Albon never had. Not this
0: year. Not this year, what? Oh, he's got one win this year, which Alex. In the past four races or five races um, where they're doing the comparison to Alex. Oh, Alex, oh. like over the past five or something, it's super similar. Not okay. over the year, not over his career. It, it's just his most recent not doing well. You're only as good as your last race Yeah, is very close to Alex.
1: I was actually kind of a tangent, but I was actually reading something this weekend. I think it was from Christian Horner saying that we remember when Lewis spun uh, Alex Albon, Alex was fighting for yes. P one or P two. Yep. He, he said that when that happened, that's what took basically the wind out of Alex's sails. And he never, I mean, you could see it in the results. He was yeah. never able to perform again after that. Um, but, yeah, he said that was the turning point for Alex, which, I mean, we all saw it play out on live TV.
0: Lewis even felt pretty bad for it. Yeah,
1: that uh, was a bad one. <laughs> I think Lewis knew one.
0: exactly what he just took away from that dude, and he I think he felt pretty bad.
1: <laughs> just ruined this man's career. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, uh, mate. <laughs> yeah, right? Okay, um, SQ2. The The main thing that I wanted to take note of for SQ2 was the Haas. So first off, you had Nico Hulkenberg running over a tire in the pits. Did you see that when he went to leave the no. pits? So his, his front left tire guy was sitting there holding the tire that they just took off as Nico went to pull out of the pits. Nico turned to the left. His left rear hits the tire that the mechanic is holding and the entire car goes up, like throws the left end of the car in the air, slams back down and he keeps going. And they're talking. I
0: completely to... missed that.
1: <laughs> they didn't. They showed a quick replay of it, and they're talking to Gunther, and they're like, "Hey, is the the mechanic okay?" He's like, "Oh, yes, he's okay. He's okay." <laughs> I had to call Gene. <laughs> Gene, we ran over another mechanic. Oh. <laughs> uh, but... But then the Haas <laughs> putting on a great performance. Both of the hosses made it through, which is awesome to see. We get to the point where we kind of expect it out of Nico now. But to see K. Mag also putting in those yeah. times is pretty awesome too. To see those, I just don't understand what it is with these hosses man. They're they're so bad on their tires that if it's like a few laps, you're fine. But after that, the tires are just gone on these cars.
0: Yeah, it uh, their race trim is atrocious. So. Yeah, but we've got Albon, Gasly, Sonoda, DeVries, and George Russell going out, SQ2. So, again, nothing nothing too crazy, and I think that's part of the issue I have with the quality and the shootout quality is it largely usually shakes out the same. Sure, we've got both Mercedes further down and and out of position, but all in all, typically, it kind of shakes out all the same, and it's an extra... Thing that you have to pay attention to for relatively similar results true
1: true but i like the fact that it was raining so there was a little yep. bit of variance this time
0: um yeah variance it, with landon norris coming out in p3
1: yeah Lando norris p3 hulkenberg p4 it was it was awesome man uh, those are some good shakeups. and then just to see hulk and norris on the second row for the sprint yep. that's what i was excited for to see what could happen even though i i you know, realistically, neither one of them are going to really put pressure on the Red Bulls that much. Or so we thought until later on we got to see what happened with Hulkenberg. Yep. But yeah, SQ or the, the sprint quality shootout, whatever the hell they're calling it these days. That was it was an entertaining time. It but was. For me, the highlight of Saturday was that sprint race. That was like edge of my seat, biting my nails the entire time.
0: No, it totally was. I've got good notes on that because was a ton of fun and they're half scribbled because of everything going on. <laughs> Um, but the last thing I wanted to point out that I thought was really interesting, um, the results of SQ or the sprint shootout, whatever it's called is max and Sergio P one, P two. So red bull P one, P two. And you got Lando and Nico three and three and four, which you're like, okay, is that Lando seems really fast this weekend. And Nico usually somehow slings it in there, especially if it's wet. So, you know, that's a, not a common thing, but then you have both Ferraris and you have both Astons and then you had both Mercedes down in the bottom. Is this the new pecking order? Ooh. Is this foreshadowing? Is that Ferrari coming back into P2? I don't know, but they were, everyone was getting bunched up in exactly what you'd expect.
1: Yeah, for sure. And that, that was, I think the other one for me is I was really expecting the Aston Martins to be a lot
0: faster this weekend they just did the same thing in canadia they just did not
1: yeah it's we'll see maybe it uh in can canadian i thought it was maybe like a one-off but <laughs> we'll see what happens next weekend next weekend's gonna be the true test because that's a, yeah. a you know silverstone is one of those courses where super fast super high speed turns so we'll, we'll get to see who really has the fastest car
0: you think max has ptsd from silverstone from I, Lewis putting him in that wall at 140 miles an hour?
1: I don't think so. I, I feel like Max is one of those guys that's just so focused on the next, you know, the future or whatever. I don't even think he, he probably doesn't even remember it. He Well, for one, he probably got... The crap knocked out of him when he
0: hit the wall. Dude, I just remember that because they had it was one of the few, usually they like kill the radio and everything immediately till they know everyone's okay, but they didn't on that one. I just yeah. really hit the wall and then immediately the little radio box comes up and they're like, Max, are you okay? And all you hear is, oh, yeah. Ugh. And you're, like, <laughs> you're like, damn, that was a big one. <laughs> okay, the race, the race, the sprint, the sprint, which. We had a slight, slight change up from the shootout because Leclerc got an impeding penalty and got dropped three places. He did.
1: He did. And we and have now Botos. we have rain.
0: We have rain, an incredibly wet track, and Bottas on mediums back in P nineteen.
1: <laughs> He's like, you know what? I like driving on ice. <laughs> we'll see what this does. I like looking at it, and it's like the green eyes, and then the yellow M. Like, hmm, is that right? <laughs>
0: everyone it, it, and you know the commentators had a great point they're like you're already in p19 like go do the formation lap come into the pits if it's not there but like yeah you could be a hero here and uh no, you are not
1: You definitely was not but hey good on him for trying something
0: yep it just didn't you know didn't work out um and then dude the start of the sprint with max and Checo.
1: Oh, my God. I was sitting here screaming. I was like, oh, my God. When they started and Checo squeezed him off of the track, put him into the grass in the wet, I was like, this guy came to play. He is not messing around anymore. It was a bold move, Cotton. (laughs) I'm going to put the number one daddy's favorite into the wall right here. (laughs) It's like, you will love me, Father.
0: Or not. No, it turns definitely. out the answer was not, and but my man. favorite part of the whole thing is we get to turn like three and Max is not playing around, yep, and he passes Checo and you can tell Max is angry, which is great. I love angry Max driving. it's the best yeah. thing ever, but all of a sudden you get Checo over the radio going, "What's up with Max? What do you mean <laughs> what's up with Max?" hey there number two you just put number one in the wall
1: (laughs) what's up with this guy this guy's crazy (laughs) oh my god dude that first series of turns was incredible i was
0: hoping so bad and it felt so weird that they were going to take each other out just for the pure fireworks of it yeah and, and
1: for me, it was all it was purely for the, the prediction points because I predicted that something would happen to Max in the sprint and it would mess up his entire weekend. I was like, Checo, please, please put him on here. <laughs> And then, you know, he kinda I think realized what he was doing and he was like, Oh, let me pull over and make a little bit of room for him
0: yeah i'm not gonna win this one and uh not gonna win this conversation afterwards either
1: right yeah he's like "Uh, i got a baby on
0: the way i need to keep my job (laughs) (laughs) max immediately over the radio what the (laughs)
1: we're gonna talk about this in the debrief Uh, i bet you guys are (laughs) right
0: (laughs) um but man great racing and all of a sudden hulkenberg's in p2 bro and that i was like. (laughs) And then, because he
1: stayed in P2 for so long, he was a third of the way through the race. And I'm sitting there, I'm like, would this kind of count as one of his, as his first podium? I was like, sure, it's it's a sprint race. And he's it's kind of really an a podium, asterisk. Right. But still, for him to finish. And then even when they were talking to Gunther, it's like, Gunther, how big's your smile right now? And he's like, it's pretty big, but we'll see what happens. And immediately after that, it's just like, the car was just done. The, yeah. the tires were gone. Blew the tires out. That was super exciting.
0: I was but, sitting there watching Checo being like, you better beat a Haas, Checo, because after <laughs> you put daddy's boy in the wall, qualified in P-15, you get beat by a Haas? Danny Ricardo's over there, like, smiling. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, put me in, coach. Up? Put Here me in.
1: <laughs> yeah, I, uh, yeah, that would not have been good, and it didn't look good for a while there. But uh, no. the, for me, just watching Norris, the way he fell back after that first turn, I was so excited. And I was like, here we go again. It was just like, uh, was it Canada where he started up so close and then hit Lewis or hit, yeah, I think hit Lewis. It was just, it was frustrating to see, but he came yeah. back a little bit.
0: He he came back and then they like showed the, um, like what happened through the turn. Cause I don't remember who he almost hit. Was it Joe or, he almost hit someone and basically slammed on the brakes, stalled and kind of stalled the engine and like took it a second to get it going again. Right. And by that time everyone blew by him and, and you're like, that's not really, it's not really Norris's fault. It's just shitty, yeah, which it just, seems to be the MO of Norris this year. I mean, how many, how many times did Piastri's inplate plate fall off and like damage his car and put him <laughs> back in P19? You're just like, like shit, not again. <laughs> um, But, yeah, and then we got – but because he was down there on lap seven, we had Lando, Leclerc, and Ocon, like, fighting it out. And it was awesome. It was great racing. Yeah,
1: that was awesome. It was like lap 13 through 15. They were just going back and forth.
0: And then speaking of, on lap 14 with Alonzo right behind Stroll, Stroll comes on the radio. Uh, let's tell Alonzo that these are really good points that we're – I don't think we should be fighting, guys. That like, This is a really good team result with me in front. Um, please tell tell Alonzo. It's like, remember that time when he
1: said he wouldn't pass? Could you just remind him of that,
0: <laughs> He's been really nice lately. Uh, if we could keep that up. That was pretty funny. And Alonzo started to put it, on, put it on him there at the end. But oh, I thought yeah, that was funny. Um, yeah, we had some great fights between LeClaire and Ocon. And then Norris came up and passed LeClaire. And then um, then the silliness gets to start happening. On lap 16, Russell Pitts. He and does. Put a soft song.
1: And I love how DC and the other commentator, uh, I can't remember his name, was like, oh, it's, it's a little early. I think DC said it was two laps too early. And then, um, I mean, it ended up working out. It was, it was, a it was one of those risky moves for George, but he took the the gamble and it wound up working out for him.
0: He did. He was out of the points anyway. It was very interesting though, just as everyone down the list started to pit to throw those on, you probably could have been George Russell and, um, stayed on your enters and probably made up some crazy track positions. Yeah. Um, that would have been an interesting just gaining the track position. But then, you know, who knows at that point, George went in first, he made the gamble, could have made the points or the laps up. Then everybody and their mother outside of the points um, pitted to include Hulkenberg, which was kind of surprising. You have track position. You're starting to get past because the tires on, on that Hoss just don't last, but you're still in like P4, P5. You're still making points. He, he pitted, but you know, it ended up working out pretty well for him and he ended up in sixth place anyway. So it worked yeah. out. I think um, if
1: he would not have pitted, he would have been way better. Like would have fell way farther back than sixth, phase, yeah, sixth
0: I, place. Yeah, I totally agree. But that's the thing that I love about, about dry to wet or wet to dry. Like if it's yeah. just raining the whole time, you kind of have the status quo. If it's all dry status quo, but when you have that transition and who's going to be ballsy, who's going to be has strategy that makes it so fun.
1: Yeah, I, that's my favorite part. Like, I wish they would have, you know, like, uh, you know, the weather machine <laughs> where they could just, like, turn on the rain halfway through or something like that. You know, you know what? This race is Just put is a bunch boring. of sprinklers
0: along the, stri- the side of the track yeah. and start hosing the track down. <laughs> I think, was it Bernie
1: Ecclestone or somebody had suggested that a while back and it was immediately shot down? I think that would be awesome. It's like the go-kart tracks where they have the wet track and they yeah. turn the sprinklers on. <laughs> That would be awesome. It's like, you know what? Bring some excitement.
0: <laughs> this is kind of boring, guys. Turn the sprinklers on. Yeah. <laughs> um. So, Russell Pitts lap 16, lap 17 DRS is enabled. So, up to this point, all the passes have been, you know, late breaks, through the turns, all that good stuff. Now, we have DRS, people going on softs. But if you're putting DRS on, you know, most of the track is still wet except for the racing line. But if you're going to pass someone in the straightaway, you got to go on the wet side with yeah. your DRS. So, it's still kind of a... With your DRS and your slick tires. <laughs> yeah. It's a bold move, Cotton. We'll see how it plays out. And it, it you know, largely played out pretty well for everyone. Um, Russell passed Hamilton... Um, we I uh, can't even read who passed Leclerc based on how I wrote is this supposed to say Hamilton. Did Hamilton pass Leclerc? I don't know. I can't read my handwriting. <laughs> there was so much going on. It was so much fun. And by lap 21, Max is 17 seconds Oof. clear of everybody else. Yeah. 21 laps, 17 seconds on a track that's lap time is only a minute. Yeah. Like
1: there's almost another level.
0: Yeah. He's almost a fifth of a track ahead of everybody else on right. enters and he's still setting faster times than George Russell on the slicks.
1: <laughs> That's true. Also lap 21 is where you got that awesome Hamilton, Bottas, Leclerc, Albon battle yes. that was going on between the four of those guys, which is awesome to see Hamilton and Bottas back again. <laughs> the yes. boys are back together.
0: I wonder if they think that as they pass, do they kind of wave? I imagine other? they do.
1: Cause it's just like with Leclerc and Norris. Or I'm yeah. sorry, uh Norris signs and in North. signs, yeah.
0: Yeah, Hamilton just has lots of pictures of Botas naked in springs <laughs> and waters.
1: Just on the, on the inside of his dash like some of the yeah. cars they have the Aww. track right there. It's just Botas's <laughs> ass.
0: <laughs> For those of you all that don't follow Formula 1 that uh, often, go ahead, just go Google Botas taking pictures in water. He's always naked. Um lap 23 Alonzo decides that he's not going to be so nice to stroll anymore. It starts kind of putting it on him there. And I don't know. I'm trying to like Alonzo's a strategic thinker. He's kind of the Darth Vader of all of this. He might be playing nice, but I'm curious why he waited to that point to start pushing stroll. I wonder if it was to show that he can, that he is being nice and that, you know, I I wonder he's playing chess. I haven't figured out what his move is yet, but he's Alonzo does everything for a reason. And he was really putting it on stroll the last two laps. He didn't manage to pass him, but I'm curious if he just wanted to show that Papa Alonzo still got it.
1: Yeah. That's what I was thinking too. Cause those last two laps were, that was the best battle going on at like anywhere on the track, probably for the whole race. And for me, it was just like, it, it seemed like he was pressuring him so hard. Like he he almost assumed that this is Lance. He's going to make a mistake. He's going to go off into the grass or something. And like Lance that. didn't. He didn't, man. He held it together with a ton of pressure. you got Alonzo, Fernando Alonzo in your mirrors all over you, and you're still able to get your breaking points. You're not locking it up, going deep into the corner, or anything like that. Good on him, but I would venture to say that he only probably had about two laps of that concentration in him yeah. before the cracks started to show. So he got there right at, you know, any more laps, he probably would have went off the track or something.
0: I totally agree. I am curious, though, did that help Alonzo's position? Does Alonzo's position need help? Because I think that helped Lance. I, yeah, clearly Lance needs help. Uh, clear, clearly, Alonzo was putting the pressure on Lance, but Lance dealt with it very well and like a good Formula One driver. Yeah, Like I you think- said, it wasn't going to last long. I think it would have been detrimental to Lance if he had locked it up and Alonzo had gotten past him. Yeah, Lance, Lance is already together. he's
1: already in the hot seat, and I think this weekend kind of alleviated a little bit of that pressure, maybe. But I mean it's a long season, so who knows what's gonna happen for the rest of the year.
0: Yep. But um lap twenty four, we still have good races going. Um I've got I don't even know what all my notes are. Um, I've got lap 24 max is 21 seconds ahead. Hulkenberg passes Norris up to P seven. Then I've got Russell, v Ocon Russell down 0.009, nine
1: thousandths of a second. That was right there. They didn't even, they caught it late too. Cause they're like, Oh my God, what's happening? <laughs> like at the start. And you see Russell almost passing him right there. Nine thousandths. That's, that's close. <laughs> that is so close.
0: <laughs> they were talking. I saw this thing. um, Uh, the other day he was talking about formula one drivers blinking. They were doing a study on max and how he doesn't blink nearly as often as normal people do. They're (laughs) talking about it down a straightaway in an F one car. When you're doing 200 plus miles an hour, you're blinking. However many milliseconds that is translates to about 30 yards traveled. Oh, wow. And so they're like, these guys have to be strategic. And when they blink, because you're going so fast, you travel so much time in those milliseconds, and so it's like just saying you you know got beat out by nine thousandths of a second. Like, jeez.
1: Max Verstappen is a freak of nature. Like, a freak of nature. he barely blinks. He probably just like when it's time to sleep, he just lays down immediately, just like powers down. And just like <laughs> comes back, like reboots in the morning. Like this guy, I don't know, man. Is so he's so robotic. I feel like too. He's a robot. My wife, the other day was watching, uh, there was an interview with him and she's like, Holy shit. Max just smiled. And I was <laughs> like, what are you talking about? We go back. And he's like, Oh, he did smile. I guess he smiles every now and then, but I feel like he's the type where it's like in his mind, he's like, that was funny. I should smile.
0: (laughs) You know, Danny Rick actually did like a tribute video to Max and was talking about it and was like, Max actually smiles a lot. He's just got a weird sense of humor and then did like a highlight reel of Max making jokes and laughing at them. They're all the quirkiest, weirdest jokes that are like not all that funny, but he's just a robot.
1: Yeah. He's like that slightly weird kid. That's just really, really good.
0: Yeah. Um. Okay. Sunday, the Grand Prix. We're gonna we're gonna reel it back to the starting grid. Okay. We have Max and Leclerc on the front row. Carlos and Lando on the second row. Lewis and Lance Troll third row. Fernando and Nico, Pierre Gasly and Alex Albon, making up the top ten. And, dude, lap one, Leclerc versus Max.
1: That was awesome awesome <laughs> to see that was for me the highlight of the weekend was seeing that on both the sprint and the race like people were throwing everything they had at, at max and because even afterwards Charles was like i doubt we would have been able, been able to hold the place for long but i still had to try so yeah. to see that they're like not just laying down and being like all right max is gonna go let's fight for p2 man Charles claire was so aggressive on the first he few was. turns there those lunges that he was sending into the corners from the outside of the turns too it was awesome
0: it was great and it was it was great clean racing where they left room for each other they allowed it to happen they didn't close the door overly hard and like make the other guy hit the brakes it was just good racecraft it was it was awesome to watch
1: it was so cool it uh and then after the the safety car with Yuki it's like all right here we go another opportunity
0: but Yuki that- Sonoda understeers, <laughs> takes his front wing off, and
1: God, talk to Yuki. I, I saw it in the background. And I was like, "Oh, come on, Nick." <laughs> I was like, "Of course." <laughs> they're like, "Oh, Yuki Sonoda. and I was like, "Oh." <laughs>
0: um, yeah. So, I mean, those first couple of laps, just great racing all the way around. Um, and then, not long after that, we have a Ferrari power unit in the Haas. <laughs> catch on fire
1: i was like i saw it i was like the smoke i was like oh no if the flames come out like this is going to be carlos science all over again and then i you know carlos is going
0: to see it and be like no no <laughs> That's what i was going to say you know when the ferrari boys came around they're like oh shit <laughs> um so we get a vsc and everybody pits except for the red bulls We're on lap 13. We have medium tires on. Deg is a little bit higher than we expected. Kind of wondering if Max should have pitted. Hell, Checo, the uh, tire management master, went from P15 up to like P3, just in track position from not pitting. So I was like, okay, good call on Checo. You can run those mediums a little long. Um, But they double stacked the Ferraris. And Leclerc's pit stop was like four seconds, which made Carlos's like four seconds. And Carlos comes out of the pits spitting mad. Oh, I
1: would have too, man. It took car- Carlos down to P6. He got put behind Norris, Hamilton,
0: and Perez after that. And I'm so glad it did, because good God, what good racing we got from, yep. from a spicy, <laughs> spicy Carlos
1: signs. He, this was a good weekend for Carlos. Like we've talked about it, I'm not the biggest Carlos Sainz fan, and I, I got to give it to him, man. He did so good
0: this weekend. If we got this Carlos every single weekend, we'd have a world champion on our hands. Oh, for sure. Carlos was on fire. It was awesome. <laughs> and for all the shit talking I did about him, I'm eating crow because he crushed it
1: this weekend. He did. He did.
0: Oh, and my I, good races. It was wicked racing and what angry, spicy commentary over the radio. <laughs> Dude, that
1: was, that's what I wanted to get on is the commentary over the radio. Cause you saw immediately, I think it was lap seven. Norris starts snitching on Hamilton about track limits. And then uh, apparently that was just the thing to do. Cause McLaren came over. They're like, Hey, every time he goes off, you let us know. And, and I, I like how he's like, I'd be talking the whole lap. I'm not going to do that.
0: <laughs> but he then goes off got, constantly.
1: <laughs> and then you got Hamilton starting a few laps later with, Talking about how slow the car is, and then he gets the black and white flag, and he's basically saying, "I can't drive this car." Yeah,
0: and just starts complaining. He said that he was like, "This car is undrivable He's like, "I'm turning it, and it's not turning. It's not yeah. my fault that it's going off track."
1: Yeah, it was. It, it was. You know, he had a very emotional weekend for sure. Yeah. Um. But to see just like all of the the issues with the track limits still coming about even during the race, and everybody snitching on everybody.
0: Is. they were and then the penalties started to fall oh and it was yes. just silly to the point where lewis was continually bitching about getting a penalty and everyone around him going off track where toto got on the radio and was like lewis everybody's getting penalties shut up and drive basically yeah like, it's like i think he was, was like please drive it <laughs> we yeah. know the
1: car is bad please drive it just drive it was almost just like shut up we're tired of hearing you know it's bad when the boss has to come over the radio because then that happened i was like holy shit that's toto <laughs> like he's normally not on the radio
0: no i would have loved to have seen like the camera on toto when that happens when he finally like leans forward and hits the button he's like louis <laughs> shut up <laughs> <"Lewis."> <laughs> um but man, you, you know, it, because so many people were getting penalties, it kind of null and voided everything. Well, until the end of the race, um, but signs was passing people. There were so many good battles going on. I can't even like write them all down from the front to the back. There was just constant passing and battles. Is great, um, man. Next thing I got is Max Pitts on lap twenty five for Hards. I'm like, oh, is he running a, a one stopper? But this was the this was a Defining moment, because Max was in third place in Formula One history for consecutive laps led, and he pitted and Leclerc got in front of him, so that he ended lost that it. streak.
1: That, that's wild. I cannot believe that since Miami, that he has led every lap of a race. It's insane. That's crazy. That, and that's so finally, so we ago. got
0: to see Max kind of have to work to get back to first place, which took all of about... Uh, it took 10 laps, actually. So, yeah, you know. it
1: it was entertaining because you know he's going through people and you're like, you know, he's going to get through them. He's going to make it to the front again. But just it's his see, inevitable. Yeah. But you know, I just want to see his racecraft and how it's evolved and how good it is now and who is going to fight him the hardest. And Leclerc
0: put a fight on. He it, really he did. did.
1: I don't like it. And I, I understand why a lot of people do it when the Red Bulls are coming through the pack and they just kind of like pull over. But I like to see it when people actually give him a tough time, like make him work for it a little bit, you know?
0: And LeClaire did a good job of that. Um, And then meanwhile, we got a Norris versus Hamilton battle going on. We have a Norris versus signs battle going on. Like, Oh, there's just so much happening. It was so fun. People are now having to pit and take their penalties. Some people are getting extra penalties. (laughs) Um, it was awesome. not serving
1: their penalties correctly. Yeah. That's my favorite one. It's like when you get a penalty for a penalty.
0: <laughs> um, and then, like, kind of running it down a little bit, just some highlights that I thought was super interesting. Again, going back to signs, he was just on fire this weekend, and not in the usual way. Yeah. Like <laughs>
1: You got to differentiate that because that can go either way. It's like, signs is on fire this weekend. It's like, oh, again? Really? Oh, okay.
0: Not his power unit this time. He he was crushing it out there. But he passed Norris knowing that Checo was now behind Norris because he was behind him. He passed Norris and then called over the radio to have his engineer tell him if Norris falls out of DRS range of Carlos. Because he realizes, and he's thinking on his feet, that if Norris doesn't have DRS, he's a sitting duck for Checo. And if he's a sitting duck for Checo, now Carlos is a sitting duck for Checo. So he keeps Norris in his DRS range to help Norris keep Checo from passing both of them. Which I was like, man, that is some that is some thinking.
1: That is. That's next level thinking right there. That I think that right there kind of shows that he is a, a a good Formula One driver because I think the, really the best Formula One drivers are able to think and utilize strategy like that during the race.
0: Like George and, Russell. What do you mean? You know, he's always thinking during the race. Oh. He's spatially aware. He's oh. coming over. He's quoting regs. You know, he's next level. He's, he's
1: only when it comes to the regulations. Other than that, he's all over the
0: place. <laughs> sorry, sorry. It's too easy. Go ahead, though. <laughs>
1: But yeah, and to see like the way he was using that and thinking and, you know, I think early on in this race, it started with science because it was somewhere, let's see, around lap 10, where he was talking about basically on the radio, like, hey, I have the pace, like, let me pass Charles. And then and Ferrari's no. like, nope, stick with the plan. No attack now. And I'm sure he's like, "God, like what the hell, man? What do I got to do
0: in his defense on that, though? He's like, I have more pace. We well, yeah, because you have triple DRS. That's true, yeah. Like, you have more pace because of triple DRS, Carlos. Like, I don't blame Ferrari at all. And even David Coulthard and Julian Palmer, they were like, oh, they should totally switch them. And I'm like, no, I don't think you should, actually. I don't think that triple DRS should allow you to pass, you know, give team orders. Y'all are in second and third place. Stick to the plan. That's true, because
1: once he passes, you're probably going to have the same issue with Charles being like, hey, I got more pace.
0: Yeah, because you got triple DRS, so I agree. I don't mean to cut you off. I was just on that because it was talked about. I was like, no, I don't think you should give team orders. Like, it worked out. So, anyway, I'm sorry, but go ahead.
1: But, yeah, no, that's what I was just saying because it kind of started early where you could see where it was lighting that fire in Carlos Mm -hmm. because he probably, that was a little spark. And then the pit stop, once that happened, he's just fuming after that, and he's able to actually use that to his advantage instead of some drivers like, maybe old school Max Verstappen when he would get angry and just completely do something stupid, like plow into somebody or take an unnecessary risk. But Carlos was able to kind of like dial it in and use that as his advantage. And I think it worked out well for him for, you know, until after the race, but it still worked out well for him during the race.
0: Yeah, I, I totally agree though. And that was so smart and it would have, I would have been curious to see how well it worked, but unfortunately Lando went deep on the brakes into turn one and yeah. Checo capitalized. And so, it was like, man, super smart thought process on Carlos. Unfortunately, Lando jacked it up for you. Yeah. And y'all both got passed anyway. <laughs> Lando didn't hold up his end of the bargain. He got a little too uh,
1: too much pressure on him. But that signs versus Perez battle from oh, like yes. four laps was amazing. It was and, awesome.
0: Yeah, you know, we had... DRS chicken that no one knew was even going on, but Carlos did. And he tapped the brakes so that he had DRS and was still in front and got to pull away. And then he came up on a back marker and he got DRS while Checo had DRS. Like, dude, that what was what
1: good racing. That was strategy, F1 strategy to the max, played to perfection. You know, it just it just so happened that one time he lost the DRS chicken, or you know, Perez yep. got the DRS like barely when he passed the yep. the detection point, and then that gave the Red Bull the the speed it needed to get past him. But man, what a good good battle!
0: And you know that was all Carlos, because there is yeah. no Formula One or Ferrari strategist out there that was <laughs> thinking about that stuff. They're probably like oh, Carlos, box box. <laughs> like, what are you talking about? They're like, should we be putting enters on right now? <laughs> Uh, um, yeah, it was, that was so good. Um, and then, yeah, I've got all kinds of notes on that. And, uh, we get to, after that, you know, it's kind of business as usual. We get to lap 69 max is wanting to pit for softs to take the fastest lap and everyone's like, no, no, it's too risky. Like you're only 24 seconds ahead of Leclerc, like 22nd pit stop. It's a risk. And apparently, you know, they turned off the radio after that. But apparently Max said, I don't give a shit. You will put yeah. softs on. And they said, yes, sir
1: he's like how about this i'm coming in all right (laughs) get the tires ready (laughs) he's like i am the captain now
0: (laughs) that's that's probably what was said and he came on in put softs on of course red bull pit stops always go well yeah probably just jinx the shit out of them but that would be entertaining (laughs) and uh max takes off and sets the fast lap man
1: perfect weekend for max he won this race by what was it like 29 seconds no because
0: he pitted he was 25 seconds ahead and then he pitted through the soft song so he didn't finish that far ahead but that's because he threw a pit stop in there finished
1: five seconds i think uh even the commentators dc and then we're talking about it when Charles Leclerc is coming around and max comes out of the pits and Shaw can see him but, like, don't get too excited because yeah. this guy's Max Verstappen on a fresh set of softs and just watch him disappear into yeah. the sunset, basically.
0: Bye. Um, what a great race. And I know we're missing so many details and good battles. There's just, like, too much to unpack. There,
1: there was. It's one of those where it's, like, you can still go back and watch the highlights and things like that and just be, like, this is still entertaining because there's so much, like you said, so much going on. There's no way to focus on everything. Great weekend. Great
0: weekend. Great, great weekend. weekend. So four and a half hours post race, we get some, uh, some news that it took four and a half hours for them to, for the stewards to review all of the track limit infringements and additional penalties were handed out. Signs went from P4 to P6, Lewis P7 to P8, Gasly P9 to P10, Ocon P12 to 14, DeVries 15 to 17, and Sonoda 18 to 19. Russell mm-hmm. and Zhou Guan Yu were the only two not to get black and white flagged during the race. And hmm. 83 penalties were handed out in total. Jeez. And With I a think... maximum one being handed to Ocon of a 30-second time penalty. <laughs> That's what I was about to say. For I think... <laughs> nine infractions after he got his first penalty. I
1: was about to say, I think half of those penalties are for Esteban. <laughs> <laughs>
0: it's ridiculous it's just oh my gosh so okay i've got a few thoughts that are quick is ferrari out of the midfield and secured them their position back as a p2 fastest team this ferrari
1: on this track was fast with these upgrades yes it was looking good so i think that Next weekend is going to be a strong outing for Ferrari. We'll see once we get to another low speed, high downforce track, if it still reigns true, but I would say off of this weekend's performance, it looks like Ferrari made a huge step forward more so than some of the other teams.
0: Is McLaren going to be a top four team.
1: See that one. I'm not sure. So the McLaren car was much faster, right? It was much faster than it was a couple weeks ago. But you got to see that it's still lacking a little bit of the top speed. So yep. I think that they might have some struggles next weekend. But on the flip side of Ferrari, when we get to a slower track, they might be a little bit more stronger. And they also, don't forget, they have more upgrades coming after the summer break as well. Um, yep. But it's a huge step in the right direction for McLaren. And so glad to see my boy Lando back yeah. up in the top p P4,
0: five. bro. P4 after, you know, signed up uh, his penalty.
1: Even Even he was like on the radio. He's like, oh, it's good to be fighting with some faster cars. Yeah. <laughs> Now we just got to get him for Oscars so we can. I want to see what this kid can actually. Yeah, I'm do. curious
0: because I think he ended up in what P19. No, because that was Yuki. Because you know, uh, uh but he was Oscar P16. Yeah, he was way down the chart. But
1: he he had some good some. I've seen some good racecraft out of this yep. kid. He had he like bulldozed his way past Alexander Albon the day before on the sprint. Um, but I want to see him in a, a comparable car, and you know, actually fighting up there for like a P6 or something like that. Totally agree heroes and zeros all right you want me to start or you want to start
0: off on this one take it man you're excited go for it all right i'm gonna start I bet off we're gonna you. have identical heroes so i'm
1: gonna i'm gonna start with the zeros okay 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 so my first zero that i'm gonna go with is lewis hamilton man as much Ooh. like as much of a hamilton fan i've become this year he he was such a a whiner and a crybaby this week, this entire weekend yeah, look i get it he's a a massive competitor and it's going to affect you negatively when you're driving a car that's not competitive especially not as competitive as you thought it was going to be or hoped it would be with these new upgrades yep. but man a lot of that stuff you got to keep internal with the team because you saw all of his post quality and post race interviews he's very negative negative. You know, as a leader in the team, you got to put on a strong face sometimes. And just the way he was just completely whining about the car, especially over the radio and all that, you know, for me, I was going to say Mercedes because they kind of took us. They weren't as fast as we expected, but he overshadowed it, in my opinion. Love the guy. I'm a Lewis Hamilton fan now. Just this was not a good performance. He was very emotional this weekend. Um, Maybe it's this time of the month. I don't know. Uh, My (laughs) second zero. I'm gonna go with. And I went back and forth on this one. I don't know if I'm kicking a guy while he's down. And compared to his teammate, he wasn't that bad this weekend. But I'm going to go with Nick DeVries. You know, GP quality, P20, sprint quality, P14, sprint, P17, and then P17 in the race. Even though he finished higher than Yuki, I just, I don't know. I'm just, maybe I'm just not a huge DeVries fan. He wasn't only finished higher person.
0: than Yuki because Yuki was in the back being shot by the uh, stewards and penalties. <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh, and then uh, for my final zero, I'm gonna go with the track limits. That's yeah. got to be a zero for me, man. To the point when you have 1,200 infractions that you have to go over and review, and 83 a penalties doled out. Yes, that is a, that's a huge problem. There's no reason that they should be taking four hours after the fact. The only reason I found out about the, um, the, the, the after the fact penalties being applied was because I was on Instagram and I saw two posts by Lando Norris. The first one was him holding, yeah, number five. And then the next one was him holding up four fingers. And I was like, what's happening? And then I read the caption. Yep. Um, but yeah, those track limits, man, that's that's wild. Race control is making them making way too much work for themselves. Yeah. They gotta do something. Just get rid of them on that turn. That's my that's what I say. Yeah.
0: So mine are uh Alpha Towery as a whole. Um terrible, terrible outing for them. We're gonna get to it in the predictions. I was expecting them to do fairly well this weekend, or at least Sonoda. in a, a just absolutely worst team in the field this weekend. It was bad. Yeah. And, you know,
1: with the news that came out with them, they notice it too. And they're hopefully going to do something about that pretty soon. Yep.
0: Um, My second one's Ocon. Um, Everyone was getting penalties. Ocon got by far the most. And I understand that everybody's getting these penalties, right? But it is also on you as a race car driver to keep it within the lines. If you need to Mm -hmm. slow down a little bit to not get 30 seconds worth of penalties, you need to do that. And this, this was, is the second time this season getting uh, he's the this. most penalties. Yeah. Yes, it is. That is on you solely as the race car driver. And, and I hate to kick the man when he's down, but uh, not, not cool. You got 10 penalties by yourself. Yeah. Like you said, of the 83 penalties, you have <laughs> 10 of them.
1: Like you said, everybody got penalties, but you got a lot of penalties on me. Yeah. <laughs> like, a lot.
0: <laughs> and then my third one is the Stewart's. Um, across the board as a whole this year, I think that they've really not been holding up their end of the bargain. Um, I think that there's been some pretty silly inconsistencies, and and this was just ridiculous this weekend. It kind of takes away from the racecraft. It does. And one thing I
1: was thinking: could you imagine? It's a, a kind of an outlandish scenario, unlikely scenario, but imagine being Nico Hulkenberg, right? If he say something crazy happens, winds up on the podium. First time in his career, finally gets on the podium. Four hours after the race, comes back that, oh, he actually went a couple millimeters off the track. Ten-second penalty. You know, you're down in P4, P5 now. Could you imagine what would happen? Like, that's terrible. There's, you know, again, it's they got to do something about
0: that. Yeah, it, that was unnecessary. It really was. Heroes.
1: <sighs> All right. So, Heroes, I'll start off with the one that we probably both have, Max Verstappen. And this I guy, don't have him. Oh, okay. All right. Well, let me dive into this a little bit. Max Verstappen, again, has a perfect weekend. Maximum points scored. First place in every single session and the fastest lap. It's like this guy, we've said it before, he's driving on another level. And it's like he's unlocked, you know, some, some. I don't know, he's unlocked some achievements that other people just don't have access to for some reason. And this guy, I hope. Really believe he's going to go down when it's all said and done is one of the greatest drivers ever. He's not. He can't put a foot wrong right now.
0: I uh, I had this thought the other day. I'm going to bring it up now, and it'll be a teaser, so people will come back and listen. I think we need to do an episode on is Max Verstappen the next Michael Schumacher, the next Lewis Hamilton, the next Ayrton 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 Senna. Senna. (laughs) Good job. (laughs) You said it it right. I like. We could probably. I would love to do an episode just breaking it down on is what is max's history and is Mm -hmm. this the start of a dynasty i'd love to talk that through because i think i think so the thing
1: i always see is that oh he's in the fastest car i don't care that that doesn't mean anything to me because checo's in the same car and look what he's doing right and max
0: has been in that car since 2016 i mean he was in toro rosso and then into red bull like and red bull wasn't much back then they were Mm -hmm. competing but they weren't anywhere near the level of mercedes and, and like every good
1: driver lewis hamilton did the same thing in mercedes yep. that car would not be what it is today without max
0: verstappen so let's table that i'd love to do a conversation <laughs> about that but yeah I, I agree with you he's not on my list but i 100 percent agree with
1: you okay um all right so my next hero i gotta go with the spaniard man carlos Sainz. he even though he got dropped down after after the fact with those points i i'm very impressed with the guy this weekend. So 100%. Good for him. And then uh, my last hero, I got to give it to my guy, Lando Babyface Norris. <laughs> Putting it up. He had a great weekend, a great results all around. Even got the, the driver of the day. I got to give it to the guy.
0: Good on him. I completely agree. So I've got Signs and Norris both on mine. Nice. Um, my hero that is a bit of the oddball is Checo Perez. Really? For being down on his luck, knowing the mental game that is Formula One, for qualifying terribly, for everything that's happened this weekend to come from P15 to P2 is, I I think, should be a feather in his hat. And I think it should be pointed out, we've been shitting on Checo a lot and you're only as good as your last race. Well, this was a great race to be as good as. P15 to P2, a lot of good battles, a lot of good racing, good racecraft, tire management, the works, um, I I, I got to give it to him. Uh, and coming back he, from an illness, I'm too. sorry, P3, not not P2. Leclerc was in P P2. I don't want to take that away from Leclerc. P3. Um, great job though.
1: Yeah, yeah. Coming back from an illness too, and from when you see the the GP Quali from Friday, the interviews afterwards when he got what was he P, uh, 18 19 yeah. whatever. He was so dejected and just so just like mentally he looked like he was broken and for me i was like he's he's done dude that you can't come back from that and he turned Almost, that page and he came exactly. back from it and
0: he had a hell of a race i just want to point that out good job on Checo.
1: he was he was one level above danny ricardo at coda last year in my, in my <laughs> one. <laughs> just one and he was able to come back so good for him i agree he should be up there he's definitely one of them and i would like to say an honorable mention for hero this weekend i think should go to nico holkenberg yeah, you're right. He he. The things that he did with that Haas, it's incredible. Put this man in a good car. I want to see what he's actually capable of, because he's actually a really good driver.
0: He did a good job. Okay, so, Kurt, it is time for Let's our predictions. Do Starting off with the sprint, I had Max on pole, so one point.
1: Okay. For my sprint, I had uh, Alonzo on pole. so Zero points. That's a zero for me. You don't have to say that. I already know.
0: P1 <laughs> through P3, I had Max Alonso Checo, which it went Max Checo signs, so I got one point. Mm, I had
1: Checo, uh, yeah, Checo Alonso Hamilton, zero points. I don't know if you yeah. know this, but you're not doing well so far. Yeah, I I got it zero points. I'm well my aware. Wild my wild card was a
0: Ferrari DNF, which did not
1: happen. It did not. My wild card for the sprint was Yuki Tsunoda in the points.
0: You had him, yeah, in top eight, I, I and said, he was I said in P
1: 16th. Yeah, so I don't get any points
0: for that. No. No, no. no, no you don't. <laughs> for the Grand Prix poll, I had Max.
1: Grand Prix poll, I had Fernando Alonso. <laughs> no, Grand Prix. No, you had Max no, on no. Grand Prix. Grand pole. Prix poll, you switched it up on me. Grand Prix poll, I had Max. Yes. Yes.
0: So we both got a point there. Yay. Podiums, I had Max Alonzo Hamilton. It was actually Max LeClaire Checo. Okay,
1: so. so I had Alonzo Hamilton LeClaire. So <laughs> since I had LeClaire lower than he actually was, is that like half a point for me?
0: No, no, you get nothing. It's all <laughs> or nothing dude. My wild card was Yuki Sonoda top eight finish. Yuki Tsunoda came in P19 just above the mm. DNF.
1: <clears throat> all right, so I, I want to... Say something. My wild card was Logan Sargent would be in the points. All right? Logan Sargent had a hell of a race, okay? <laughs> he was Hell clubless. of a race all the way in P13. <laughs> that's good. <laughs> that's good. Oh, so man. I
0: got four points this weekend, and all of them were for Max on pole and Max in P1.
1: <laughs> I told you, man. That's automatic at this point. All right, so I, <laughs> I got one point this weekend, but I, I would like to say that if you listen to the intro of the last podcast, I said... That if I was a betting man, I would predict that this is going to be an entertaining weekend. And We also
0: say that every weekend, though.
1: But I specifically said I predict, which means that was a prediction. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm going to give myself a phantom point that's just going to exist on the side. It's one that makes me feel better about only getting one point.
0: What a great weekend, man. And I am even more excited for Silverstone.
1: So Silverstone, two years in a row, has been one of the highlights of the season. Um and so I'm super pumped for that. Last year, a lot of people said it was the best race. I agree. It was it was top three. I think. Um, man, I I hope that it holds up. I'm sure it will. You got a couple home teams going in. We've got three British drivers that are there, and it's a it's a fast, traditional, probably one of the best circuits on the calendar. And I'm super pumped.
0: Other than Coda,
1: other than Coda, of course, of course, I'm one of the best. Not it doesn't best. have to be said. Yeah. <laughs>
0: All right, brother. I think that's uh, I think that's going to be a wrap on this one, if anyone's still listening. <laughs> I know.
1: This is probably one of our longest ones yet, but there was a lot to go over. There and was. Like you said, we missed a lot. But if you like this podcast, make sure you leave us a rating and a review and share this with a friend. And we will be back in a couple days for the Silverstone Prediction Pod, which I'm ready. I'm excited. All right, man. Well, that's it for this one. So on that note, stay classy, America. See you next time. You didn't hit record. We would not not put out a podcast this week.